Chris just handed to me. The following podcast is a Save Productions production. If anything should happen to me, you must go to court. You must say these words. Klaatu, Marada, Victor. Hello, 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 and welcome back to another Thursday night special edition of Sci-Fi Watcher. Of course, that means we got to geek out on some more Red Dwarf goodness tonight. Glad you guys could join us again for this special episode. I am Corey Shrett, and joining me as always, my fellow smeghead, Mr. Brian Lee. Brian, how's it going? Hello, how are you? I'm doing fantastic. Another week of Red Dwarf to talk about here. Can't wait. Can't wait to get into it. Can't wait to hear your thoughts on this series of the show. Oh, it's awful. Okay. It's it's no fringe story. No fringe season five. That's all I can tell you. No fringe. No fringe season two, three, or four. (laughs) Oh, not maybe five, maybe. But before we get into that, head on over right now to sci-fiwatcher.com slash donate to see how you can help out the show. Many ways to do it, not just money. Just go check us out right now. Sci-fiwatcher.com slash donate. All right. So Red Dwarf Series 8 here, of course, starring the usual gang of people. Craig Charles is Dave Lister. Chris Berry returns as Arnold J. Rimmer. Of course, Danny John Jules is the cat. Chloe Annette is Christine Kachansky, and Robert Llewellyn is Crichton. Uh, this, this like last series, also was eight episodes. Uh, the three-part Back in the Red, Cassandra, Crichty TV, the two-parter called Pete, and the final episode of this series called Only the Good. So let's start off with the three-parter Back in the Red here. Of course, you know we follow up at the end of last season where Starbuck heads towards Red Dwarf, and they find out that they're tiny compared to the ship. Yeah, pretty much right where the other season ended. Now, what do you? What were your thoughts at the beginning when you see Lister talking to Rimmer? Like, what were you thinking when you saw that scene? The first scene is, is that chit chat. I first thought, like, did he come back? <laughs> you know, did he come back from? Are you talking about like, uh, if he was Ace? You, you well, want me to? Well, the first scene, you know, Lister's on his thing reading the magazine. Arnold's on his bunk reading a book and I mean what are your thoughts right there what like what's going on um what are your thoughts well I was like a WTF I'm like okay wait a minute R- Rimmer's back but he's doesn't have the H on his head oh okay gotcha you know what I'm talking about I mean like what were you thinking last you knew Rimmer's gone you know and all of a sudden they're back on Red Dwarf chit-chatting again yeah I, I thought it was weird I thought it was out of place and then I was we, like, "What? What's happening here?" Then we what get the, to what happened to all our people. Then we get the three days earlier thing. At least then they go back and explain it. Thank goodness. Could you imagine they just ignored it and just said, "Okay, here's what's happened now. This is what we're doing." They kind of blend together, though. I don't remember if um, we knew about the nanobots rebuilding everybody at that point. Did we? No, we didn't. All we knew is the nanobots rebuilt Red Dwarf. Okay. See, uh, it's hard to go back and think about that because Red Dwarf, remember Red Dwarf goes in the ship and and they're flying through the vents. <laughs> of the ship and they think they're growing but red dwarf is actually shrinking yeah and then, and then they fly into a rat's ass <laughs> and i i was really thinking like why are they in prison what do they do yeah well that's the thing you had to figure out how to get there you know and how did rimmer get back you know i love the whole scene with starbuck flying the rat yeah 
It's like you see it heading right towards its butt, and you're just like, "Oh no, <laughs> you're gonna go there." Okay. Oh, you see like the brown and the ship's like, "Oh god, no." <laughs> but yeah, I love that they, the, you know, the sh- they get out of the ship, start before it explodes, and all of a sudden you see, you know, Lister's old friends Chen and Selby there, and it's like, "What the heck it just happened?" Yeah, I would not expect the nanobots to build ever I, I, the ship I I got, but I mean to rebuild the whole crew. I was like. Huh? I love the they idea. They can build organic material now? Well, you got to remember, though, they worked on Lister's arm. That's true. Yeah. Remember? He comes back, hey, look, my arm, my whole body's back to normal. So, I mean, yeah, they explained that at the end of last series, but I just like, I love the idea that everybody's back. The gang's all back. Yeah, you know, I mean, you know, the captain's there, and it's just like, I'm like. Holly's back. Well, Holly, no, they had Holly with them, yeah. And then you find out that that. That the, well, you're right. Holly was back in the very end of last season. Yeah, but the, I love the idea that the nanobots rebuilt Red Dwarf to the way it was originally before the budget cuts. That and, part I didn't understand. I don't know. I don't know how it did it, but I like the idea. Of course, that their Holly was actually smart. It didn't have the computer senility like our Holly. Yeah, with the big head. They just have a big dome head. That's all. And I loved, you know, and of course they're charged with stealing Starbug and blah 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 blah. And I love, I love the scene where, and it didn't last long, but I, it brought back good memories when Lister was back in his old room. Yeah, you know they, the the the, the, the series one room, the gray room, the bunk bed, the zero g gravity poster, and everything. I was like, oh man, it feels like forever since I've seen this. And uh, is it me or did Lister seem more not Lister Rimmer seem more pissed, extra pissed? His his facial expressions. Oh uh, well, I yeah, in maybe. The past season. Well, you got to remember though. This is the Lister before, or this is the rumor before he died. Well, I know that's what I'm saying. He seemed like he seemed like a different person. Well, maybe he mellows out with with Lister. Yeah. Down the road, but I yeah, think I, tr- that's what they're trying to show. Yeah, that was the one, and that was the one thing that kind of was I was kind of worried about, and thank God it never happened. Was, you know, R- Rimmer and Lister had this history. You know, they had been together for many years, and then all of a sudden you have this list, this rumor, who who's back from episode one. You know, so all that stuff that happened, he doesn't know about. Yeah, it was like, oh, but th- you know, that didn't really come into play, which I was happy for. You kind of had dance around things, right? Mm-hmm. But I did like the idea that Lister wants to try to to uh, escape, and he can help Rimmer get promoted with the uh, the the officers' confidential reports. Right, because they pretty much just ransacked the place after the first Red Dwarf. Mm-hmm. All the crew died, and so then, they knew all the secrets. Yeah, and then I love the callback to the, the viruses, the luck virus and the sexual virus. Yes. <laughs> of course, that was hilarious, the whole rumor drink, taking the sexual virus stuff. Slapstick at its best. Oh, you, you got to love that. <laughs> um, yeah, it, it, it's some great moments here. Basically, this is just, let's let's have a three episode story to get these guys in jail would would you think of the whole idea of them actually not escaping but they were actually in like an ar simulation to see if they were actually telling the truth it was um psycho i wrote the word down i know but i i like it but it was it was like kind of a been there done that kind of thing we've we've done the ar thing many 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 times over Mm -hmm. but i I love the fact that it, it you didn't know when they went into the machine Mm-hmm. You know, I love the fact they weren't that, in control. They didn't actively go in the yard. They were tricked in. So that's part that was the twist. Yeah, and I, just by licking the, the envelope, whole licking the stamp thing or envelope. Sorry. Yeah, I thought that was a great idea. That that's when they go inside the whole thing. 
So then you're wondering, it's like, what's real and what's not real? Yeah. And then you find out what they thought was real was really not real. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it, was a, it was like a dream within a dream almost, like we're doing Inception here. Right. Um, I love this, the whole rumor, rumor at dinner with the captain and, and the female officers. You know, mm-hmm. you know, he takes the sexual virus and all looking at him like, mm-hmm. and of course you get the one woman that's not that attractive looking at him and he's just like, oh, <laughs> it's just funny that he has to go get the coffee and every and one of the, every woman wants to go with him. He can, I know. He can barely walk at the end. His dreams come true. I love that. Uh, then the one thing I, I kind of liked when they, um, they rebooted Crichton, and he kind of had the old accent the original Crichton had from Series 2. I didn't notice that. It, you notice his he accent did? wasn't the same? It was a little more like, like the original Crichton actor was. You mean the original, like the original original? Yeah, the original. The, the one uh, from Season 2, right? Yeah, Series 2. The, the actual actor, there was a different actor that played Crichton in that one episode called Crichton, actually. Yeah. I, I, didn't, had, I, didn't, I guess I didn't catch it. Yeah, his accent was a little bit different than the Crichton we knew. But I didn't, I mean, I didn't like the idea that he could corrupt his files that easily on his own after they, they did a factory reset. Mm-hmm. And it seemed like we got a lot of callbacks. The Dwayne, the whole Dibley family callback thing, you know, with the mop heads and the teeth. But it worked. It worked for, for that scene. Of course. It's, it's just there to, it's just there for the, for the humor part, you know. I mean, I, I like the fact that they, and it wasn't just, you know, the cat dressed up as Dibley. You had like, you know, Kachansky and Lister. The dancing thing, I could have done without the dancing thing. I wanted to get past that scene so quickly. You talk about when he, when the cat was dancing with Blue Midget? Yeah. Did we skip a part? Did I skip a part? Or? No, no. I mean, you're pretty much into it. I mean, the only thing you really skipped was Rimmer injecting his crotch with anesthesia. Yeah. You know, taking a hammer to it and <laughs> nothing happens. But yeah, I, I mean, I, I, I mean, the scene makes sense once you realize that they're not, they're in a simulation. They're not actually in; it's not real life. But it it was hokey. It was like, why do we have to have a three minute like tap dance scene with a, a blue midget? Now the the part after that where they when they show reality, oh yeah, the, or or the supposed reality that's a little more funnier. Well, you know that that attractive woman that he's talking to. Hey, we got a date on Saturday. And like, ah, and then all of a sudden you, they go to quote unquote reality. You get that other that old lady, like almost like someone's grandmother. Yeah. It's like, oh, Jesus. Like, this is reality. <laughs> I love that lady. I was like, you're the best. But the tap dancing thing, I was like, please fast forward. <laughs> yeah, I didn't like that. I mean, I like the fact that, the, you know, the second time, it's funny, the second time Crichton realizes that it was psychotropically induced state they were in, in, in the blue midget there. And then the, they're like, there's got to be an exit somewhere. And the cat's like, look, there's a button that says E11T. <laughs> 11 is XI in Roman numerals. Like, yeah, they're like, obviously, we are not in reality because the cat is actually smart. It's like, okay. <laughs> and then, you know, they're looking for the power source, and he's like, the, the ketchup that said power on. He's like, look, power sauce. I didn't get that. When he said that, I didn't get it. Well, the ketchup said power ketchup on it. Yeah. And ketchup is a sauce. So he said power sauce, like power source. Uh-huh. Yeah, it was a little hokey, but it's, yeah. it's just funny that the cat was actually the smartest one in the group. <laughs> yeah it's like oh so it, yeah at the end there they're found innocent of the original charges with the nanobots but they're found guilty of abusing classified information so instead of getting two years in the brig they're they're exonerated of that and then they get a completely two different years in the brig <laughs> that part was funny and of course of course you know the captain walks in he's like he's like where the viruses they give him the 
the luck virus is like, where's the sexual virus? It's like, uh, it's lost. It's like, well, what do you think about the the captain? Because we didn't really get a we didn't really get much of his acting, you know, in in the season one. No, so I like him. Like him? Yeah. Well, you know, you know who he is, right? Or you know what movie he's from, right? No. He has a small part in the movie Fifth Element. He does. He does. Oh, he's the he's McDonald's guy. Yeah, Mac McDonald. Oh God. <laughs> yeah, it's the same guy. I had to think about it. I'm like. The voice is the same if you think about it. Yeah. But yeah, the, of course, they're in the in the prison at the end. And of course, Lister puts the sexual virus on Rimmer. And of course, all the guys look at him like, hmm. <laughs> all right, you got your laugh there. Uh, I don't think it needed to be three three episodes, though. I didn't either. You know. I was, I mean, part of me, I, I like when they go in the Starbucks and they go to other worlds. I, I miss that. I know we got spoiled with that for all those years, especially watching these seasons, you know, week to week now. It's like, yeah, it's a shock. I got excited when they found Red Dwarf, but it's like now you're stuck on Red Dwarf. You're not going to go out anywhere. Yeah. Well, they did kind of. Yeah. Which we will get into um, in the, I don't know, is it the next episode, I think. Yeah. The next episode, Cassandra. Well, I love at the beginning, though, Holly figured out a way they could serve their two year sentence in only 14 weeks <laughs> if they serve it as a dog. Yeah. Do a roverectomy. <laughs> yeah, he showed the National Enquirer. <laughs> That's just a dog. It's a real good surgery, isn't it? <laughs> and the one thing I love, this was the best part, most original idea, and I wish if Series 9 had come out that they had followed this. The idea of the Canaries, which are a group of the prisoners that go into the da- most dangerous areas, missions. I thought it was privileged. pretty great. I mean, they, they did get them to go off-world that way, or yeah. off, off the Red Dwarf. It still didn't have the same thing as Starbucks because they weren't in control. No, but I liked, but it, but it gave them missions to do. It gave them different stuff to do. It was a different idea, which I liked. I think this was probably one of my favorites in this season. Yeah, because series. Sorry. No, yeah, no. yeah. This uh, series eight. Yeah, because yeah, this is the one where they go on th- that that ship that's on un- underground in an ocean moon. Which every every moon they run into is either an ocean moon or a snow moon or something. <laughs> you know. Something easy to shoot. What did you think of the idea of Cassandra, this this mainframe computer that could predict the future? I I like that uh, aspect of it, and I wanted I wanted to see more. I wanted to see another episode with Cassandra. I think it would have gotten old quickly, though. Really? Because she always knows what's going to happen. I guess I liked the actress, whoever she was. Is there something something special about the actress? Not that I know of, but she was good for the part. Yeah. What do you think of the whole idea of? Her lying so she doesn't get destroyed. I think it makes sense. <laughs> Self-preservation kind of thing. Because mm-hmm. it, did, it didn't make any sense at all when she's like, okay, you're going to have sex with uh, Kachansky and, and Lister's just- going to walk into you and kill you. and Shoot so- a harpoon in your head. And it's like, yeah. I'm like, huh? <laughs> and Rimmer's like, hey, if I get to have sex before I die, I don't care. <laughs> But yeah. Kachansky agreeing to it, that's the part I was like, that's not going to, no, that would not have happened. Even no. if, it, even if uh, Rimmer said that. Yeah, I totally agree with you. But I did like the fact that, you know, Lister goes and says, I'm not going to kill her. And she's like, yeah, you're going to kill me anyway. And he puts that gum on the wall, which does that, um, what's that? Type, type? Lou Goldberg. Yeah, that's it, what it was. I, I didn't write it down, but I thought of it when I saw it. Yeah, the little, you know, mousetrap type of game. He, all this stuff happens and it destroys her. 
but I thought that was a great idea, a, a mainframe that could predict the future. And they were the humans were afraid of it, so they actually sent it to this moon to like basically be taken away from society. Yeah. So this brings us up to Crity TV. This is the one. Um, well, Crichton, of course, is is classified as a woman, which we find out in the first episode of this series because you know he has no male genitals. Yeah. <laughs> oh yeah, and Lister gets his guitar. You know, Peterson. With, with those strings. Yeah, and of course, you know, Lister gets. I love that. Rivers like, oh god, no, I don't want to hear. It. Then all starts. He starts to play it, and there's no strings. <laughs> love that. <laughs> and Lister's trying to get an appeal, and of course, they're like, oh yeah, good. That means you know our sentence will be lightened, or we can be exonerated, or whatever like that. Yeah, um, I, this was an okay one. I mean, I, I thought it was a little strange that you know, Kill Crazy, which is the cra- one of the crazy inmates, which I guess is kind of like a regular in this show, this series of the show. You know, he, he wants to pre- reprogram Crichton because he's he's a woman. He can actually take pictures of the women in the showers. I, I'm wondering if this, like, isn't this about the same time that Punked came out? Yeah, it probably was. Because it, it just had that Punked feel to it, especially the second thing that mm. uh, that Crichton does with with uh, Lister. Oh, yeah, where he says Kachansky was dating her ex-boyfriend. Yeah, to, to sabotage. Like, a punked, like a Punked episode. I love it, yeah. I love the whole thing. It's like, you know, bring an onion, onion sandwich, which, you know, put an onion sandwich in there. No woman will like that. And Lister's like, oh, I like those. Those are good. And the Morris dancer. Why, why couldn't they have reprogrammed him? He Or Crichton has to program himself. I don't know. I don't know if. It, that part didn't make any sense. If that. What's his name? I forgot the guy's name. That Kill part. Crazy. Kill Crazy. If he could program uh, Crichton. Then they can surely unprogram it. Well, here's the thing, though. He might have had the tools to program Crichton. Oh. That's the thing. You're in prison, though. They might not have the stuff as easily. But they didn't like a. Sh- they didn't even show them approaching him about it. Like, why'd you do this or anything like that? They just right. kind of. They go with the flow. Yeah. But yeah, that whole scene there of them going and they find out that it's the warden's room and then they have to hurry around to clean it all up. By the way, the the original title of this was going to be called No Strings Attached. Mm-hmm. Do you like that better than no. Crichton TV? No. No. I, I, to me, they both are kind of lousy names. No Strings Attached just talks about the guitar strings to me. Yeah. Kind of ruins the punchline at the end, though. Did you like the punchline at the end? I thought it was hilarious. Yeah. You know, his appe- Lister wins his appeal, and he gets, he gets to have guitar strings. <laughs> it's like, oh, my God. Rivers like, I That did. was worth it. That was worth a mediocre episode. It, it, well, the, the payout was really good. The rest of the episode was like, oh, okay. Uh, which brings us to the two-part episode, Pete, um, which basically I think the funniest part of this episode, these episodes is every, every five minutes or so, Rimmer and Lister are walking into the captain's office. Yes. And, and Rimmer does his fancy salute and Lister just waves. <laughs> and it's funny every time. Yes. You know, they, you know, they get punished. They have to do the basketball game for the first time around against the guards. And then they put some, uh, they Mickey up the guards' drinks, which basically uh, is like Viagra for seven hours, super Viagra. I was cracking up the most at that scene. As they're bending over trying to play basketball without letting anyone know. <laughs> that, that had me rolling. I don't know why slapstick like that makes me laugh. It was one scene, like the cat walks by, one of the guys com- comes back and looks looks down at him and they keeps going. It's just like, oh, geez. <laughs> Ugh. And then they're put on the spud duty for two weeks and they had the uh, Bob the Scudder. It's kind of nice to see the Scudders again. You know? Oh, yeah, yeah. 
Yeah, that was one thing we hadn't had for a long time. I forgot about him until you see him. It's like, oh, yeah, the Scudders are around. I forgot about them. You know, he, he's the one that gets all the stuff for him. He gets a programmable virus for them to take the skins off of the, the potatoes and all of a sudden it takes their clothes and their hair off and they're, like, naked. <laughs> and I, I love it at the end there. They're naked and then, you know, they get punished again by the captain and, of course, Rimmer shakes the captain's hand and all of a sudden you start to see the, his clothes start to disappear. It's like, oh, Jesus. <laughs> It's just what kind of mischief they can get into, basically. Yeah, and of course there was another Canary mission this time where they went down to a ship on a frozen planet now. Um, or not a frozen planet, but another planet where uh, the other Canaries disappeared and they found a, a time device. A time wand. Yeah, they called it Tempest or a time wand is mainly what it's called. And of course, you know, Crichton messing around with it, it makes Christine and Cat like kids again, and I thought that was cute. That was kind of funny. Mm. Oh boy, let's see here. Didn't they use it on somebody else too? This before they used it on the T Rex. That well, they they used it on the entire crew. They oh, used and then they used the it chicken. on the the chicken and the the guy and yeah Baxter. That's yeah. that Baxter, which seemed like he was going to be another one of those semi regulars, like like uh, Kill Crazy. Because like the first time we actually see him here. Yeah. But it was, I didn't kind of understand the whole Birdman thing. I mean, this was just a setup just to get us to get the canary into a dinosaur. I think they were thinking of something like Birdman of Alcatraz kind of thing. That's what I, I had the same feeling. You know, because they're I, locked up, they're in prison. So, but it, it was like they, they, they had to like get a Shawshank guy. Remember, there was a guy mm-hmm. in Shawshank that had a bird? Brooks. Yeah. Brooks. Yep. I think it was just like a copy off that. They like to copy off things. Yeah, I mean, that's what it is. But they, they make the T-Rex, you know, and then they're basically running away with from the T-Rex through the whole thing. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I thought the, the curry the curry trap was kind of funny with the, with the cow. The Calvin the Lou. Yeah, the big, like, like the inflatable pools type of thing. I just want to know where they got the cow from. <laughs> yeah, that was the thing. It's like, do you have a frozen cow in like a freezer or something like that? And I love they go back to the captain's quarters, and they keep, the captain keeps saying, "You know, you know what you get when a, when a t- Tyrannosaurus Rex, you know, eats, you know, a, a Calvin Deloo and uh, two and a half <laughs> tons of ice cream and orange pops and Coca Cola and stuff like that." <laughs> I love it goes from the burp to throwing up to the diarrhea. The tidal wave, fifteen feet high, is like, oh Jesus. Yeah, I, I would say this episode, this series had the most comedy elements to it yeah because they had a lot to play off of they had a lot of characters to play off of yeah it made i think the writing it makes the writing a lot easier when you have more more actors to work yeah. with what did you think of this was about was this earlier on um the the guy or the major that was watching over them when they were um log, they're on uh floor 13 or whatever when he had that glass eye was it yeah, that was uh the last episode of the warden um, okay, we're going to get to that. Sorry. No, well, that was like the last. Ep- no, no, no. That was the previous episode, not the last episode. That was a previous oh, episode. That glass eye thing. I was like, that looks so fake. I'm like, it looks like they just like put some black cardboard there and put a little computer generated stuff. But like, it looked, it looked hokey. Yeah. That. Why did that have to be there? That that scene. You know. I know. It just. It didn't make any sense. That could have been cut out. What do you think of the scene with Archie? Archie. Which one's Archie? So Kachansky is trying to take a broom and, and get the mouse from underneath the bed. And it's oh, yeah. Archie. Archie, the penis, yeah. Yeah, Crichton made a penis <laughs> called Archie. 
I think that's just an excuse to make a penis joke. So well, so he wanted to be a man too. So I mean, that was yeah. kind of a good explanation. And of course, down the road, it, the Archie is in in the cat's shirt. So like this penis is like that looked foul. That looked foul. I didn't it did. It was funny. That. It was funny. I could have done without that. Uh, yeah. So um, basically, the whole thing at the end there is just there's an undue function on the on the wand. You know, they destroy the wand obviously at the end, and you find out that but there's only a- they can use it. That's the funny thing. Yeah, which you would think I could see Crichton being able to use it, but Lister and, and Rimmer being able to use it that easily? No, I'm saying that, like, remember uh, Kill Crazy and, and Baxter stole it. They became the gorillas. They didn't know how to use it, but Lister and uh, Rimmer could use it, you know? I, that's what didn't make sense. I could see Crichton being able to use it. That's what I mean, yeah. Yeah, it didn't make sense. Because, yeah, you know, it's like okay, the dinosaur egg with a little dinosaur running around, and then he... Uh, and then the captain's getting a massage. You know where this is going. The dinosaur starts licking the captain's back. And then the next scene, there we go with Lister and Rimmer back in, in the captain's quarters. And he can't speak. He has you know post-traumatic stress disorder. Right. And he's that, like 12, 12 months in the hole. For me? Yeah. yeah. He's like, where are you going? They're like, in the hole? And he's like, no, I'm going in the hole. See you in the year. <laughs> that part I didn't really get. I don't know. I think he just wanted to get away from those two. They're nothing but trouble. That's all I think I could think of. Which brings us to the Series 8 finale, only the good. Uh, an escape pod arrives on Red Dwarf, but it also has a, this chameleonic virus on it, too. Which is it? Hermes. Yeah. Which isn't even, this, the virus isn't even mentioned until like 15 more minutes into the episode, either. But where did that ship come from? Because it's, they said, like, oh, you, you were... Uh... You were programmed by the uh, nanobots too, or something like that. Maybe when the, the ship thing arrived, that the nanobots recreated it. I don't. I don't know. Yeah, I, I didn't get that reference. Yeah, it was kind of weird there. Rimmer's put on probation, you know, so he can actually do other stuff. The I love the whole thing where he steals a, a, a chunky nut bar from the vending machine. Yeah. <laughs> and the cat's complaining about his back hurting because of all the rocks. And of course, right. he's talking about putting rock albums on the PA system. <laughs> oh yeah, the Crichton, the Crichton got the calendar for Kachansky because because it was that wrong time of month for her, and he, he wanted to get her a calendar that had that's the right. That's right. That's right. And then of course, you know, Lister tells him what it is about PMS. <laughs> he's like, "I'll tell you how to handle it." And also, the Kachansky walks in her room, and there's a big banner: "Have a fantastic period." And he gives her With the t- gift wrapped tampon. Oh my god! I was just like, <laughs> oh really? Like this is so embarrassing. <laughs> oh, I love that. You know, of course, Crichton's going to get revenge for that. With- I think the revenge was worse, though. Mm-hmm. Yeah, he took Baxter's illegal hooch and hid it in Lister's cell because they were doing an yeah. inspection in like ten minutes. I think that was a lot worse. Oh, I do too. I mean, you get in a lot more trouble with that. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I mean, basically, that just set us well, up. It's funny that the, the go ahead. No, I mean that just set us up just so, so Baxter would come after them, right? What were you saying? Oh, I was just saying that you know the the whole thing about the moonshine being like three times as strong, and they take like a sip, and then they're drunk. Mm-hmm. Yeah, if it's that strong, I could see that happening. Yeah, and um, yeah, they were so sick they were going to get stomach pumps in the hospital, which is one of the least secured areas. And uh, Crichton and Kachansky get in there, and they're just saying the cat's going to try to get into the into the uh, hospital too. And mm-hmm. I love that whole scene where the cat's eating the other guy's food. 
<laughs> and then he goes, you're my bitch. <laughs> because he wants to get hit so he can go into the hospital. And the guy's like, well, right. okay, or whatever you say, you know, you're brave enough to stand up to me. Okay. <laughs> it's like, oh, Jesus. Uh, but cause, yeah, it took us almost the entire episode to get to the virus thing, the actual story. Mm-hmm. You know? Well, it started off, you saw it when it, the, the virus, when that ship landed, and it looked like the door was being eaten away. Yeah, and then and I didn't know what that was. You, you know. Yeah, it's kind of weird. And um, I think it was a good way to because it felt like series nine was going to be set up to have uh, empty ship again. Yeah, the prisoners, their probably most of the prisoners will still be on the ship, and of course the gang, the regular gang. If even that, you know, I think they would have gotten rid of a lot of extra people, and just had a handful of people back on the ship, kind of reboot the show for series nine. But it seemed like it was too easy for them to open up a, par- a window to a mirror universe, you know, and take the virus in the mirror universe and find out what it was, because in the mirror universe, it's not a virus, but it's an antidote. Right. And it's got a really long name. <laughs> yeah, it's a really long name. Rimmer goes there. He gets stuck over there, but then it opens back up. He comes back. And when he comes back, the other ones are in there and the ship's falling apart. But unfortunately, the name flipped back over to our side because in the mirror universe, it's good. And now it's back to the virus. <laughs> you can't bring it back. Basically. No, you can't. And then, of course, the Grim Reaper shows up. He kicks in the in the you know the groin. It's like only the good die young. You know, it's like okay, and that's the way it ended. I didn't like it. I didn't like the ending. And like I told you before, spoilers, guys. That's it. There's no follow up to that. I mean, the next adventures totally does not follow up with this. It doesn't explain anything. I mean, I was you know I thought about it. Do you have any ideas how they would rectify this? How they would follow up the story i don't know but i was just reading on on wikipedia while we're talking here that they had an alternate ending they had they filmed an alternate ending um does it say how it ended well it says yeah the alternate ending where the dwarfers clearly survive and indeed even find themselves in a similar situation in the earlier series of red dwarf the scripted and the and film but cut at the last minute but it says it is available for viewing on the season eight DVD special features. I'll have to go check that out. Yeah. See, because I thought what would happen is so the other guys are on the other side of the universe. Crit- they get the information. Here it is. Here, do we read the yeah, what it ahead. is? Read it. It says in this version of the episode, Rimmer successfully remembers the antidote to the microbe that has eaten the ship. It takes him over two hours to memorize the name of the antidote as he has to alternate between the mirror universe and back to read the name of the antidote. Uh, which becomes the chemical name of the microbe in our universe as the opposite of the antidote. Um, it says, however, Rimmer memorizes the antidote just in time for Crichton to make up some of the chemical antidote and use it to destroy the microbe, with irony included as everyone else already knew its name. It says, Red Dwarf having, having been saved from destruction, Rimmer takes up residence in the captain's quarters. Lister, Cap, and Chris part party and celebrate at having survived and being no longer imprisoned in the tank. Once again, have fun, have free run of the vessel. Crichton resumes his ironing duties. So it's just like a happy ending, I guess. I, I, see, I was thinking more like, so uh, Crichton. Oh, here we go. And it says, meanwhile, the rest of the Red Dwarf crew, Captain Hollister and the rest of the flight officers, look on Red Dwarf helplessly from their fleet of Starbugs and Blue Midgets with which they escaped the disintegrating mothership. Mm-hmm. So as Crichton peeks through a peephole at the fleet and asks Rimmer 
if they should perhaps slow down Red Dwarf so that the rest of the crew can dock in the hangar, hangar bay and come aboard. Uh, Rimmer, reminiscent of Horatio Nelson at the Battle of Copenhagen in 1801, replies, full speed ahead, Mr. Crichton. I see no ships. <laughs> I don't know. I can't see Rimmer coming up with a solution. I thought it would be Crichton. You know, Crichton in the other universe gets the antidote, comes back here, sees it's flipped, and just flips it himself because he's a computer. And then they fix it. And then I figured somehow Rimmer would die, and they would just resurrect him as a hologram. Oh, yeah? So kind of reboot, like literally reboot the show back to kind of series one again. Uh, there were a couple times I thought that they were going to kill him off and bring him back as a uh, hologram. Yeah. So what are your thoughts on this series of the show? I think it was a fun departure. Mm-hmm. A fun little offshoot from the normal um, storyline we were used to. Mm-hmm. But I still miss them, you know, planet hopping on the Starbug and seeing new new creatures or new right. human, human-made creatures. Yeah. I, I miss that. I, I would thought maybe after that fir- those first three episodes, they would escape, get on Starbug, and just get out of there, you know? You would think that would make make sense if they had done that, but... Um, Did you enjoy it? I enjoyed the the whole canary idea. It was kind of interesting. A different way to get off the planet, uh, get off Red Dwarf, you know, without physically escaping the ship. Yeah, I had to, I think. or uh, People were going to be pissed because they're like, okay. But the fact you had more characters to deal with, too, also made it a little more interesting. Um, This definitely was much better than Series 7, in my opinion. Oh, yeah. You know, this this made me want Series 9. I wanted to see how this was going to end. But sadly... (laughs) It ends like this, as to be continued, basically. And that's sad. I just don't understand the the logic behind it. I think they were expecting to come back within a year or so. Oh, yeah. and they were gonna they were gonna they're gonna do ser- yeah they're gonna do series nine and, and follow up on this story. Yeah, you know, but I, I guess it never happened. Well, that's our thoughts here on Red Dwarf series eight this week. Make sure you come back next Thursday and make sure you subscribe to get the episode of Red Dwarf series, not series nine. I lied. Red Dwarf Back to Earth next week, which will be the ninth series of the show, even though it's not technically number nine. And uh, Sunday, we will do Riddick. It it came out on DVD on Tuesday. We'll be talking about the latest version of the Chronicles of Riddick. Riddick is the film. Space Dandy and Helix, of course, as always, brand new episodes, so we'll be talking about them too. And, of course, I want to thank my friend Mr. Brian Lee for being here. Brian, where can we find you online? Uh, You can always find me at... Twitter, it's at Brian says. <laughs> you screwed it up. I know I did. You just say you can find me at Twitter at BrianSays.com. <laughs> it's Brian with a Y too, by the way. And of course, as always, SciFiWatcher.com for all the goodness. Got links to everything, social media, email, voicemail over there at SciFiWatcher.com. Want to thank everyone out there for downloading this special Red Dwarf episode. And until next time, have a good one. Mm-hmm.